Welcome to Wise Guy Talks. This is season number two. I am your host, and I am the Wise Guy, Guy Mitkiff. Today's episode is going to be uh, episode 16. Believe it or not, we're already into season two, and it's going to be called Annis Mirabilis. And I know Joy's eyes get real big when I say that. Which, ref, uh, I believe it roughly translates uh, from the uh, Latin derivative to the remarkable year or the fateful year. And I think that's pretty appropriate considering what's uh, gone on as of 2021 and into this year. So let's get going with it. Today we have our co-host Cato on my left, joining the center, and our newest victim, Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Really? You don't sound good, man. Yeah. Hey, it's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday, baby. You got to wake God, me up a little Friday. bit. I'm yeah, what are you doing over there? Yeah. So anyhow, um, you know, we were trying to figure out what the show was going to be about, would fall into the category of uh, the fateful year. And I think technology is going to sum it up pretty damn well. Some of the goofy shit that's going on out there in the world. One of the things that I came upon, actually my wife uh, texted this to me. I don't Supposedly it came from Ted Nugent. I'll read it. Uh, maybe it didn't. Maybe it's just one of those internet things that floats around. But he I says have a really good Ted Nugent hat I got. What does it say? Re-elect that mother... F- and it's signed by Ted Nugent himself. Really? Sure did. Who was he talking about when he said that? I, I, uh, <laughs> let's just be real on that one. So anyway, he says the following. He goes, I understand that uh, during your presidential acceptance speech, and of course he's talking talking about Joe Biden, you are calling for unity among Trump supporters. I remember four years ago, my President Trump also called for unity. I remember how congressional members of your party responded by boycotting his inauguration. I remember how you and your Democrat Party cheated and used the greatest law enforcement institution of this country to spy on my president and his campaign. I remember how you and your Democrat Party created a uh, fake Russian dossier to try and impeach my president. And uh, you know what? I'm tired of it. I remember how the Speaker of the House ripped up uh, President Trump's beautiful State of the Union speech a couple years ago on national television. I remember how you and your Democrat Party tried to impeach my president over a Ukrainian phone call. You accused my president of pay-to-play. And come to find out, Big Joe, (laughs) he's already well ahead of it with his little sunshine boy, uh, Hunter. I remember how you and your Democrat Party blamed my president over pandemic that he had nothing to do with. I remember how you and your Democrat Party encouraged rioting, looting, and my great United States of America for months on end burned. And I remember how you and your Democratic Party used the media to spread lie after lie about my president. I remember how you and your Democrat Party rigged an election to overturn Trump. I remember how you used the Chinese Communist Party virus to rig an election. I'm going to have to mute that. (laughs) How you uh, threatened to stack the Supreme Court, and you're currently doing that now to allow new states to come into our precious union. Oh, why? So you can take control and you can keep control of ever, forever. I think we're into some very dangerous times, boys. What do you think? Yes. First Amendment. We don't have one anymore. (laughs) It's gone. So without the First Amendment, our republic is done. Sure, we don't have a First Amendment anymore. They took care of that this last weekend. Freedom of speech is, I think. No, they literally took care of it this last weekend. It's integral to what we have. I, I heard today that, or I heard last night that Parler uh, is never coming back. Neither is New York City. Neither is New York City. <laughs> Not for a while. No. 
I, I don't know. I, if you think about what, what has happened to Parler, I mean, that is pretty indicative of the depth to which the left is willing to go. Because literally overnight, three to four of America's largest corporations conspired to shut down 12 million voices. And there was hardly a peep of sound made of it from the left. Now, can you only imagine had the turn, you know, had this been on, the, she had been on the other foot. Imagine what had hap- what okay, happened. Well, what if this is just a start? That's my big question. I it always is ask. just a start. Right, because you start seeing all this stuff about Forbes coming out where they're like, well, you know, if you voted for Trump, we're not going to hire you. If you have any, you know, they're going to start scrounging through all your media, looking at everything going on, trying to see who you voted for or what kind of conservative stance you had, and you'll never get it. They got people that they're going on the no-fly list on Delta. They got people that are coming out talking about child reindoctrination camps for any Trump family. I'm watching Guy burn the, sh- I just, burn the shit out of his hand over there at that lighter. Man, holy crap. Yeah, good job, Guy. <laughs> but, I mean, really, what's, how far are they going to go, right? So now once the precedent has been set, they, you know, they remove Trump right, from all platforms, which already <clears throat> is indicative of inter, you know, intervening with, for what, it, soliciting riots? I don't think he solicited a single riot. Doesn't matter. It's perception of what it's he perception did. of what he did. But Maxine Waters gets on there and says, "Burn the mother effer down." And well, get in their open. face. That's an okay thing to but say. But she right? also said, "Get in their face." And, get in their and face. They, and they did a freaking big fat nothing. As Kavanaugh we, got freaking reamed over the coals by these uh, blue-haired whales. Yeah, they were just Feminazis. nuts, man. Feminazis. Yeah, <clears throat> and so that's okay though, right? Because they're expressing their concerns. But you have a whole bunch of peaceful protesters show up in D.C. To support one of the greatest presidents of the history of the United States, and now we're running into this. Well, that, but that's see, see, that's the problem. Uh, I think they're quite envious of the fact that he managed to be so successful and throw so many people out of the swamp. And I think the thing that really amazes me is how uh, people, particularly blue collar people, have voted for him uh, for Joe Biden, and, and I, I guess they put their immediate needs over freedom. I, I guess they've prioritized two thousand dollars. So you just sold your soul for two grand? Yeah, that's they basically every what, day. That's what. That's basically what happened. It's so it's so inexpensive to buy someone's vote. I mean, back in the seventies, in Detroit, they could get you to vote by buying you a pack of cigarettes and a six pack of beer, just to get you to vote. And it's gotten a little bit more expensive for them over the years. But uh, when you realize how low people look at themselves and how much they'll take and what little they'll take, that's the frightening trend that I see. Six hundred dollars. I mean, so, it's it's. So we're going to do a little role playing here, and, and uh, Jeff is going to be Mr. Google, and I'm going to be Caller. So you guys ready to play this? I'm. This is ordering. I call this ordering a pizza in 2022. Hey, is this Pizza Hut? Go ahead, under Google. Right there. So excuse me, sir, but you're not taking medication regularly. Stop. According, stop. Yeah, you gave me the wrong one. Roll oh, over. it's on the other side. Take two. See, yeah. this is live radio. <laughs> <laughs> Ordering pizza in 2022. Is this Pizza Hut? No, sir. It's Google Pizza. <laughs> well, I must have dialed the wrong number. Sorry. Uh, no, sir. Google brought Pizza Hut last month. Okay. Well, I'd like to order a pizza. Do you want your usual, sir? My usual? <laughs> you know me? Well, according to our caller ID data sheet, the last time twelve, last time, last 12 times you called... You ordered an extra-large pizza with three cheeses, sausage, pepperoni, mushrooms, and meatballs on a thick crust. Super. Yum. Hell, <laughs> I want hell, that. Hell, yeah. that's what I'll have then, Mr. Google. Pizza well, Hut, what do I call you? May I suggest that this time you order your pizza with ricotta, arugula, arugula sun-dried tomatoes, and olives on a whole wheat gluten-free thin crust? Hmm. 
what? I don't want a fucking vegetarian pizza. Uh, your cholesterol is not good, sir. We're here to help. How the frick do you know that? Well, we cross-referenced your home phone number with your medical records. We had the results of your blood test for the last seven years. Hmm. Okay, but uh, I don't want to order no stinking vegetarian pizza. I already took my medication this morning. Uh, from- sir, you're not taking your medication regularly. According to our database, you purchased only a box of 30 cholesterol tablets once at Lloyd's Pharmacy four months ago. Dickhead, I bought it from another fucking pharmacy. That doesn't show on your credit card statement. I paid But cash. you didn't withdraw enough cash according to your bank statement, sir. I have other th- sources of cash. That doesn't show in your latest tax returns unless you bought them using an undeclared income source, which is against the law, may I remind you. I'll just come through this microphone and kick your fucking ass. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Such information only with the sole intention of helping you. That's what we use it for. Enough already. I'm sick to death of Google, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and all the other things. I'm going to an island without internet, without TV, where there's no phones, no services, and no one to watch or spy on me. Well, I understand that, sir, but uh, you need to renew your passport first, and uh, it expired six weeks ago. So we're going to add love at this point. Siri, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, we just recorded that, and we attached that to your voice print, and so we plan to send some guys in dark suits with sunshades over to your house and knock on your door for threatening Siri. But what do you think about that? Isn't that pretty spot on? My wife said that. To, you know, I, you still well, do get some funny shit off of Facebook, and that's where that crap came from. Whether it was by design or by accident, the power that these companies have gained, not just, just, not just here, but all across the world. I mean, Angela Merkel, she's far from what I consider to be conservative. She's a hottie. She's, she's outraged at what's happening. She's like, wait. I mean, this this can't stand. Well, and, Uganda spoke well, up as well. They're, but now the government, with the people who are in charge, they're they're using these companies to be their service boy. They're doing the work for them, Absolutely. right? And I don't care how you spin it, it all comes back to the media and how they've spun all this from the beginning. And the, what I've always had the problem with me with the media, it is the only job in the United States of America that is protected by the Constitution and they have abused it to the extent to where now they feel like they can't even be touched. Well, Jeff, funny you should say that because originally we had recorded Section 230 of the uh, Communication Decency Act and because we went so freaking far off the rails that that one was never uploaded. But let's just talk about it for was a second. Was that the nutsack special? Never mind. It's balls. Oh, balls. We can't say balls. Oh. But we can say fuck on on here. We just can't say balls. <laughs> First of all, when I say fuck, I'm saying it P-H-U-C-K. And I'm also quoting other people. So I'm justifying my bad So I'm act. quoting the Nathan Cato. That's Kato. the Vietnamese spelling, and that's, that's racist. Yeah, it's racist. P-H-U-C-K. It's considered a microaggression. But anyhow, section 230. Where did you go, man? You, You're just, back. You just talked? You're back. I didn't even hear you on here, buddy. Did you? For some reason, you went off and then you came back on. So when that thing goes green, that means nobody can hear you. So flick it off, flick it back on. So anyhow, Section 230 uh, is part of the federal regulation passed 20 years ago. It's only 26 words, but it has outsized its effect on life as we know it, man. 
Can, did you do that to me on purpose? Crying out loud, Joy. Oh, you had to grab this. I was taking it to the top as right, he talks come, trash. Come get my bottle. <laughs> come get it. I, th I thought it was duct tape. <laughs> so anyhow, basically, it's outsized uh, effect on our life as we know it. Section 230 provides immunity to social media companies like Facebook, Twitter, Twitter sorry, against use of uh, content on their site. This allows them to operate and flourish without needing to moderate their content. It relies heavily on user content rather than content that the company creates essentially they don't create shit we as content producers like this video here will upload it and then they'll tag onto it stick advertising to it and make crazy billions of dollars and we hardly get a penny without section 230 companies would not be willing to take on so many risks what does 230 exactly uh, say no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. What does that mean in practicality? It offers a broad shield to tech companies protecting them from lawsuits over content generated by users on other sites. It gives Twitter, Facebook, for example, the right to moderate content, but does not give them the responsibility to do so. Because content is posted on their platform so rapidly, there's no way that they could possibly moderate that according to senator ron wyden from california one couple more points here and i'll back off of this tech companies are not absolved from everything though they're still required to police some of the unlawful content uh, such as child pornography or bootleg movies and that's originally why the cda or the communication decency act of 96 was developed in the first place so what happened was uh, in the early days in 96 uh there was a company called what were those guys called? MySpace? Uh, uh, no, it was called Stratton uh, Oakmont in the 90s. At, and it's, uh, yes, that's the guy who Leonardo DiCaprio uh, portrayed in Wolf of Wall Street. Any, I, I thought he the, was Jordan Belfort. Anyhow, he sued the internet service provider Prodigy. I copied this off Google. It's got to be correct. Prod Prodigy Services for def Defamation. So, pro so basically, they got the crap suit out of them. The uh, New York Supreme Court... Uh, ruled that Prodigy had acted as a publisher and that was liable for defamation. So that's why they came around and they, they came up with the, the cutout 230. And the best way to think of uh, 230 is that these Internet providers have become um, the post office. In other words, they have no control over the mail that comes in and out in the front door, out the back door. They're not responsible for it. But the problem soon ran into when these... Uh, and we've really seen this in the last week. These content are these guys like uh, Google, YouTube, et cetera, have started censoring speech that they didn't like. And coincidentally, it just seems to be mostly conservative, almost if not entirely. They've even shut the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world. They deplatformed the guy. Now, that's what my Jewish buddies call chutzpah. Well, here's the deal, guy. I wouldn't even say it's the last week. I'd say the last year. Yeah, it's been ramping up. It was a slow I, ramp. It started up. with the ramp, right? It's just like the, all the COVID restrictions started with a slow introduction, right? It's like they came in and then they're like, "Hey, you don't need to wear a mask. Everything's okay. We'll all be fine, right? Just stay at home for two weeks." And then two weeks became six weeks. Six weeks became a year. Then it was wear a mask in public. Then it was you have to wear a mask. Then it's if you can't fly without a mask, right? And so it's the same thing on the Facebook platform, right? Um, we now have fact checkers. Right. 
there's these doctors coming out talking about IV and alternative therapies for COVID. And then what do they do? They shut their content down. They don't let them post anything. They don't say anything. You come out and say, well, hydroxychloroquine and zinc works. Well, we can't talk about that anymore. That's false information, right? So it's now, worse, But it's worse. They not only said we can't talk about it when they had duty experts, immunologists, sure. you know, medical doctors that happened to, to disagree. Very smart people. They they not only deplatform they permanently ban them, them from YouTube the internet. You remember so like it all started with those two doctors, right? The two doctors out of California. California. Yeah, those, those two, two guys, guys came out right. They yeah. had that hour long conversation about it, and then they banned them. Well, what do you guys think is the solution to it? I, I don't. I don't know. have a solution yet, but I just want to. I want to. I can't hear you. It's not green. Flick it on and off. Go do it again. But here's the big deal. Like, if it's if it's green, I'm not hearing you. That means I can't hear you. So turn it off and then reset. So, but this has been happening. So, so you said you equated Section 230 as saying that social media platforms are nothing more than a transition, right? They're the post office, A to B. Exactly. They just facilitate it. So why did right. they all of a sudden now become no longer the post office? Now they are checking well, everything. They, but the, see, that is that was written into 230 in the CDA that gave them the authority to moderate content. It's just that up until now, they didn't feel empowered to do it. Well, now that... The Democrats run everything. Now they feel overnight they felt empowered to do this. That's where it came yeah, from. Was, That's why we it went pretty from brazen. This, I mean, it, it really is. Dude, that was quick on pulling Trump and the kicking parlor off. I mean, like, that's fast. I mean, that's 12,000 people that just got disenfranchised. I'm sorry, 12 million people that just got freaking dis disenfranchised. I have no idea. Well, in just a few, few short months, I mean, at least as far as the conservative movement, getting banned from Twitter has almost become like a badge of honor. It's almost like you, you can tell who's on your You're side and who's not on. just by who they've who they've silenced. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will let's so, it. So yeah. let's go back. Section two two thirty. Are you in favor of getting rid of it or no? So originally, I was not in favor of getting rid of it. I, I just thought that there needed to be some modifications, some minor adjustments made, which did not include some freaking bureaucrat deciding on what my speech was going to look like. That was a nightmare. But as we as we boil this down, uh, uh, Cato, I think what we're really looking at is antitrust uh, lawsuits. I think no, that's let's going go back. To be let's go back. What's, what's the beef with Section 220? The lack of neutrality? I think that's a big beef. I would say that. I would agree with you, Cato. He's okay. setting you up. Yeah. I know he, he is. He's putting a hook in. Because it's you? a private business, okay, right? Okay, so it's, there's a lack of neutrality. But it's a private business. But did you know that Section 230 does not say that they have to be neutral? That's fine. Well, then there's nothing wrong with the law. Great. So then why don't we have some very wealthy people create an alternative that, there that's you a conservative go. platform? That's the problem. That's the problem. The problem is that we don't have a server farm that's run by exactly. a source Correcting. that has that, neutrality. So there's nothing to do with Section 230. Zero. I don't believe in repealing it's capitalism. Section 230. No, it's capitalism. This yeah. is what we have. We have freedom yeah. of market. No, we don't. Right. No, why? We don't. And I'll tell you exactly why we don't have freedom of market. Because there are barriers to entrance into this market. For example, I... I, I alluded to this earlier, but I think uh, some kind of a collusive or collusion act needs to be put into place, uh, an antitrust act. We talked about like monopoly, it. right? We discussed the idea of, this, of them having a monopoly on the market. But okay. it, how, how do you get into the market when they own all the servers, when they own all the feeds, when they own – it's even worse than that. They own the billing cycle. I can't even use PayPal to pay for some of these organizations. They, they've defined people that cannot play in the PayPal arena. There's banks – Stripe, but, but Stripe those, just cut Trump those funds. Same questions were asked back. When Stay they a little closer up. to Mike. They, they, all those actions were questioned back when they broke up the bells. 
Okay, so right. they had all the phone lines. They had everything. So and the government came in and said no. So that's that so that's an antitrust uh, issue right there, right? But look, that's what I say. I say that well, the only way that they are not going to get you guys, you're smoking. But well, we are smoking. But does that look like something illegal almost? Looks good, buddy. <laughs> Have you ever? No, I'm not going to ask you that on TV. But um, no, I haven't. <laughs> Me neither. Just yeah. in case you're wondering. Just in case you're wondering, I have not. So well, just. Just to let you know, antitrust deals with what? Utilities, pr primarily utilities. Utility company, private utility company. Can you prove that Facebook and Twitter are utility companies? Absolutely. If you can prove that, then you can have a case. Well, what's the definition of a utility? Why That's my big question. What's well, a utility? I'm not paying for it. I'm not paying for f Facebook, Twitter. You're they, paying for it because you're no, losing your ability to communicate. Go, they can go back and say, hey. You have the right not to be on Twitter. You're not paying me. So back to uh, antitrust. Is, is there a case against uh, Facebook? I, I think there. I think there is, and I'll tell you why. Because they are precluding entrance competition. They are preventing people from comp competing against them. And Parler is a perfect freaking example of how they've colluded and they've conspired to keep Parler and their 12 million followers and the monetization. Think about the money that parlor has lost now because of it. So I would disagree with you. I think they, they are straight up, uh, you know, monopolizing their power, their influence. You dropped off again. If you're green, I can't hear you. I don't He's green. Why. Just turn it on, turn it off. Hold on. Okay, so this is mine for you. So it's not just parlor, right? So while Cato gets his things going up here, there's been a atrocity of conservative businesses just being stripped off that platform of amazon servers right right so you have like there's a there's a site i follow for news it's called life site news and they got kicked off the servers from amazon right they got stripped off they're done right so it's not just parlor right if you have any conservative ounce i would be surprised if american is f nation like the the pro-trump uh, aaf nation people that like make all the paraphernalia they're a bunch of marines that make just crazy great t-shirts i guarantee you they'll get pulled they'll get pulled they'll get yanked right I'll get so pulled. yeah right but, so but, but see it's it, it but it even goes beyond the antitrust crap because people are being threatened attorneys that all the attorneys that represent parlor they all quit same fucking day why why why, why? because their name is mud instantly sure they were getting trashed they were getting death threats exactly the guy that owns parlor that lives in las vegas he had to leave his freaking house. So how is this okay? It is right? not okay. How is this okay in the United States why, where we believe why is in free this speech? Not freaking pissed off. Yeah, that's I'm my question. Off the chart, pissed off. Yes, yes. You know, it was interesting. I made that post uh, last week. I asked a question. I said, "So if they can take the president of the United States off social media, what's to say they're not going to take you off for saying, you know, something about God or something about conservative beliefs or whatever it was?" And one of these guys commented, and he said, well, what do you think about the baker refusing services to gay people? And I said, I think it's a fair thing. It's a private business. Right. Right? He goes, well, then that's fair for them to kick the president of the United States off this platform. Okay, I'm going to disagree with a guy about antitrust. I mean, this thing does it again. I know. I, we're going to come up with plan B. Jeff, it's jump it's in there, man. Omen. It's an omen. Well, so... What do they say? Go ahead. No, you're on now. No, I'm sorry. He who only knows his side of the story doesn't know the other side of the story. And we're getting blocked out of even being able to discuss our side of the story. 
That's what AOC wants. We're being silenced. AOC wants us to not have a voice at all. That's right. But it's okay for her. Yeah, the hypocrisy of it all. I mean, it's just mind-numbing. And what I don't understand is, okay, you don't like Trump. Yeah, I I was told someone, I said, you know, even though I honor his legacy because of what he accomplished, you know, I I always thought Muhammad Ali was a little bit racist. And I always thought he was a little bit anti-American from some of his rhetoric, right? He was, especially towards his end. Yeah, but you know what? Somebody told me he was a pretty good boxer, (laughs) right? I don't care if you like Trump or not. He's been great for the country. He's done amazing things. And it really, and so we were talking earlier about the $600 and the $2,000. It's amazing how low the bar has been lowered for American citizens, right, to become... I mean, how do you, how do you not see what's going on and not be disturbed by that? Especially if you're a a, a true, old style liberal, what you're witnessing has got to be one of the most disturbing things that you've ever seen. What was seen. the cornerstone the of original is, liberalism in America? What uh, was the cornerstone? It was before of it? my time. It was I mean, free speech. Yeah. Oh well. Well, that that does. But it's I, free expression. But I, I think that's where the corner that Dave Rubin comes from. You know, there's a lot of the old-style liberals that are not comfortable with what's going on. and Where are they? They're being silenced as well. They need Rubin's to, they need to open their mouth. Friends and, well, he's got a nice platform. I enjoy watching his program. Uh, Who's Dersh- that? Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. Dershowitz is another classic liberal. He may, not, he may not like what you stand for, but he'll fight to the death to make sure that you have the right to either say it and or practice it. Now, that's a classic. I think that I think that was. Idea right I was there. about to say that that's like the the Scala versus uh, Amy Coney, not Amy Coney Barrett. Who's the one that she replaced? Scalia. Scalia, Scalia and no, and who's no. the other one? Uh, the lady that just died, Ruth Ga- Ruth, yeah, Ruth Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Ginsburg and Scalia, they're a prime example of that, right? Opposite sides of the spectrum, but they Tip both O'Neill. agreed they argued for free speech. And Tip O'Neill was the same way. Yeah. Just just saying, but I I think there's some uh, dumb fuckery afoot here, gentlemen. Well, I agree. Yeah, and and I let, me, let me tell you, have you guys ever heard of a guy by the name of Ariel Pink? No. I mean, no. It's not my genre of music, but my daughter knows who, she, who he is. And he's an L.A. musician. And on January the 6th, he made the great big-ass mistake of going down to the Capitol and just wanted to hear Trump. And then he came home. He went to his, uh, his hotel room. His uh, music label <clears throat> called Music uh, Mexican Summer dropped him within 24 hours he is now on the street with no form of income whatsoever his career was destroyed there's been over 130 articles written about him detestable horrible lies written about him over the last 24 hours he's been canceled this is the purest definition of the cancel uh, culture he can no longer tour he can no longer record uh, his family is getting an ocean of death threats. America must wake up. I mean, they can't. Be, and here's the problem. I think at the end of the day is beware of what you ask for, because the same power that a lot of these liberals are flip. loving can be used against them overnight. Yeah, you're exactly right. So it comes down to cancel culture again. They can cancel you and they can cancel me, but eventually they're going to cancel everybody. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, <clears throat> you're kind of a – you're our duty expert here when it comes to money. 
what what the frick is going on with uh, the cryptocurrency market? I mean, I'm looking at eToro. I'm looking at Grayscale. These things are up 900 freaking percent. Bitcoin died. <clears throat> Bitcoin died? It, like, it went up. I mean, it dropped. Negative. It fell off right. significantly. Yeah, significant. Back up oh, 40, yeah. 40, so I've got... I've got one client. He's a he's a young man. He's 24 years old, and he's made well. He's up quite a bit in his Bitcoin investment. Got his dad to to invest a little bit. You know, there's a lot of problems that you have with it, and that you can't just go out and sell it. All right, you have to be able to sell it on the same exchange that you bought it for, and you can only sell so much on a certain day. But you can get fractional through uh, sure, eToro. You can do fractions for me. Right? I fully encourage my clients, if they want to delve into that, please do it. Just don't do it under the guise of being my client because I'm just an old school investor. There's nothing that backs it. There's no gold standard. There's no dollar standard. There's no oil standard. There's no nothing. I mean, think of how cool that was. Let's just make up our own currency and tell people that it's got value. And then we get a couple people to start accepting it as payment for some of the items that they sell. But let's not tell everybody else that we help finance part of that for them so they reap the benefits of it as well. It, I still think it's pretty cool, but it's, it's out of my, uh, that, that's out of my Rear repertoire. Yeah, yeah, I just, I lit, I got enough to worry about uh, without having to deal with something that was just well, thought I, up out of thin air. But it is, it is interesting. I mean, I had that conversation with one of I, my, I, gotta go I, had one of, I had that conversation with one of my buddies the other day. We were talking about it not being backed. Right, and he said that's the the biggest part on this is that Bitcoin is not financially backed by a standard. And that's why it has a big a big risk, right? So when he wants to talk, just swing it over to him. Yeah, let's, let's get back to uh, what's the solution? I mean, if they're going to do this, this if they're going to censor us. What's the solution? Antitrust is not. I don't think antitrust is going to solve anything because they can claim that they're not they're not a utility company. There's no way you can go after someone like that. Plus, they're also going to say that you don't need Facebook to survive. That's true. Versus See? electricity or water Correct. or gas. You don't have to have how, it. But how about Amazon? You're telling me people aren't, aren't, aren't uh, building their life around Amazon as far as they're – I mean, they're, they consist of millions of vendors that provide products to Amazon. And Amazon is right square in the middle of all this bullshit. But – on the flip side of that guy, all those small businesses also have web pages you can go buy directly from them. So I was talking with a freight forwarder yesterday, and he was telling me that Amazon has absolutely killed them on freight for shipping, right? Because they've taken bought over the market. Trucks. They yeah. bought their own trucks. They took it all over. Now prices are astronomically increased for people who are trying to navigate this, right? So I always think about the small business owner in this placement, right? In this placement, Amazon takes a piece of their cut. So if they're listed on Amazon, they're also having their own webpage. So why don't you just go buy direct from them and give Amazon the big middle finger, right? I mean, that's my opinion. Why wouldn't you do that? So instead of just sitting here, four dudes bitching about what's going on, what can we do to change the, uh, the curve? <clears throat> well, I have a solution. You always do. Okay, so if, if we agree that... You've got to have your mic right on that If we agree thing. that big tech is in collusion with the government, to censor conservative. Can we prove that? Can you prove... They don't care. Well, if you can prove it, then you can actually sue them for First Amendment 
censoring. Yeah, but the Supreme Court has shown a phenomenal uh, resistance to getting involved with a lot of this stuff. I but, mean, particularly if you look what went on with the election. I mean, one of my big problems with the election was that they were just sending out ballots, unsolicited ballots after ballots after ballots. And the Supreme Court refused to get involved with that. What greater responsibility could the people's court have for this country for not getting involved with the fact that they were just sending out millions of freaking ballots that they have no idea who they went to. There was no signature requirement, nothing. There was no way to prove that those were valid. Matter of fact, uh, Ken Paxton here in New York finally caught, or here in Texas finally caught somebody, and the, and, the, and the woman's going to jail for it, for crying out loud, for campaign violation. I don't know if you saw that or not. And you know what will happen is when she gets out, the local Democratic Party will hero. have a big hero welcome for her. They did that back with the lady that voted for Obama six times. She's supposed to be in prison for two years. She got out after like eight months. They had band and balloons and video. It was ridiculous. Yeah, well, did you know that there are cases filed uh, against Facebook, Twitter, and Google already? Because if you can prove that there's a monopolistic collusion between big tech and big government, well, then it's you not can, a big stretch of imagination to prove well, you that You can collusion. prove it. That's that's where I, I'm. I'm telling you, that's the route that you can go. Antitrust, it just, it's not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's my conclusion with. Uh, big tech, how you fight big tech is you have to prove that there's a monopolistic so collusion between government, big government, and big tech. Let's go on to another uh, subject. This is more or- or- Orwellian 1984 uh, type stuff. And I was listening to ACO in her infinite wisdom. And you mean some AOC? The- AOC, who did I say? ACO. Yeah. I think you're trying to mix up Amy Coney Barrett with, yeah. <laughs> with Pussface over there in New York. Horse face. The same idiots you know who elected her. Can, can you believe that they elected her again? That's the even bigger problem I got with that. But who was the guy from Washington, D.C. they kept electing over and over again? Marion Barry. Marion Barry. He was a crackhead, got caught in rooms with a prostitute. But he was framed. <laughs> he was framed. The man was against him. But what were these guys talking about on CNN just 24 hours ago? They were talking about everybody in here, they want us deprogrammed. Now, you tell me that's not straight up Orwellian. One of them. Hello, Hitler. Hello, Stalin. Yeah, I saw that that cat on television. He was with another woman going back and forth. And he said, it's like these these people, he was an older uh, black gentleman. I don't recall his name. I don't know what you mean by older. But I'll tell you that they were also (laughs) talking about the debathification of the Republican Party. Does anybody know what that means, debathification? No. Anybody need it? Okay. You you're, you just might as well be doing ah, 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 ah. Oh. so why don't you just sit in his lap like a puppet and let him stick his hand up your <clears throat> anismarabolus so what was the question again the question was you know they were talking about the debathification of the republican party what what do you think that they meant by that debathification it's how Sudan uh Sudan Hussein exactly. actually removed his uh, enemies you're smarter than you look as always well, you, I'll tell you how smart this guy is. Grab that little square you got right there. Now, this is part podcast and part vlog, and so the, the guys on podcast can't see this, but he's got a Rubik's Cube in his hand to show you how smart this son of a bitch is. He can, he can solve a Rubik's Cube. His record is, what, 25 seconds? Yeah, he's here in his head. 25 seconds to re- solve a Rubik's Cube. That takes a pretty big brain to do that. 
So, <laughs> I want to talk about this cancel culture because it's a big problem. And it's a big problem for conservatives if we don't actually stand up. Because, you know, the problem is that... How do we that, stand up, though? But you a majority of conservatives just sit and take it. Right? We're like, oh... Georgia. Look at freaking Georgia. They just took it. They just took it. Why the Why hell... Why don't they fight back as dirty as the, as the freaking Democrats, if not more? You do you think Giuliani me, cleaned New York up by being a nice guy? Do you, do you think that no. every, every Republican in Georgia that could have voted came out and voted? No. Hell no, they didn't. Because Lynn Wood fucked the whole thing up. No, I disagree with that. Okay, fine. <clears throat> you know, but that's fine. That's what I gentlemen think, do I, here. I think when we talk about what your participation, say? Dope? there's no reason whatsoever that the Republicans should not win every single election until people get pushed to the point that they realize that their rights are being violated and they're being taken over. But Jeff, these guys, these rednecks sitting out here, and these you know, these people are. They're conservative by nature, maybe not by the way they live every day, but there's certain things that they'll tolerate and certain certain things they won't tolerate. That's the big and, one that we and, talk about all the time. Until you get those people fired up enough to where they finally come out, and we might have to hit rock bottom. I mean, look, the only reason Donald Trump got elected was because of Barack Obama. 100%. They lowered the bar so low, he didn't even have to jump. He just walked over it, okay? Followed by... Everything that's happened after that, they were so scared of him being reelected that they did everything in their power to, to prevent that. So our only hope is short-term pain. Hopefully... 2022, we do the midterms, resets. Hope that we don't hit a point where we can't recover, like New York City, because I don't think New York City is coming back. I, I agree just, with you. I, I think much, it's done. Too I much disagree. money. I disagree. I totally disagree. I lived in New York City for about eight years. That's and, what's wrong with and, you. And those guys will, over, trust me, the liberal part of it did not rub off, rub off on me. I'd show up to a political meetings. I'd be the only conservative there. I mean. I just don't think it's coming back to its grandeur anytime soon. No, I agree with that. Yeah. No time soon. But here's, I cannot help but missing the ironic grandeur and irony of the fact that the people that fucked up those states are loading up like the Beverly Hillbillies, packing up everything they have, and they're moving to Miami. Miami's on fire as far as real estate goes. I heard that just this morning. Lighter. Lighter, buddy. Yeah, lighter up. So, uh, you know, you know I, I just wish these guys – this is the thing that I find the most frustrating. Nobody in this room except for me is an original Texan. It, Joey, are you? I'm born raised. Where, where are you born? Flower Mound, Texas, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Ah. I'm born raised. I've never left. Really? What generation are you? First. All My right. parents are from St. Louis. I'm fifth, so shut the... Uh-huh. Okay, buddy. <laughs> but you know what? Wait, All wait, you wait, guys... wait, 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 wait. Oh, here it comes. It's fifth generation. Texas? Born in Lubbock. Really? I did not know that. The whole family's from the south of Abilene. I hate Lubbock. You know why? Yeah. Because all that red dust that you guys put up in the air landed on me over in Pecos, Texas every freaking winter. Yeah, well, train better. I I was supposed to go to Tech, and I wanted to go to Tech. That's where all my college buddies were going, but I was not a finance major at the time. My dad said, well, you can go wherever you want, but if you go to A&M, we're going to pay for it. That's a good deal. (laughs) That's a good deal. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a fifth-generation Texan. Yeah. so good for you. So we're all right. Well, I take that back. I'm just a dumbass. Yeah, three Texans and a transplant. It's okay. Trans something. He got here as quick as he could, buddy. As quick as he could. 
He got it as quick as he could. I think I think Nathan though has got the best story of all. He came here. You know, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I give him a lot of shit, but I have immense respect for Nathan because Cato. Uh, by the way, it's Cato from the Green Hornet. And by the way, Cato in the Green Hornet. You know who who played that role? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. So don't don't be offended when I say Cato. No, I'm offended. I'm Cato from Peter Sellers. Uh, what is it? The Pink Panther. That was such. <laughs> would you rather? My wife be... loves you. She would... thinks you're great. <laughs> She's one of the few. <laughs> hey, I'm just a typical guy that just love. But if we go back, America. So if, if we go back to Parlor, though, if you think about what happened, literally overnight, Amazon, Apple, Google, Trilio, Captcha, um, and all the domains that carried their feed uh, dropped them literally overnight. Now, if that's not an FTC, if that's not an antitrust violation. I don't really have a clue what it is because they just muscled them out of the market, particularly Twitter, because they're a straight up competition for Twitter. And Jack Dorsey was caught by Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, just the other day. Yesterday, I think it was. He was either in his corporate jet or his corporate uh, ride. I couldn't tell which. And he was talking about how they're not going to stop at Trump. They're going to go push harder and they're going to push deeper. It's not a porn movie, does it? <laughs> you sound like you're talking about something else over there, buddy. I need to go that way. You know, but think about that. that that's pretty damn that's scary. shocking. And James O'Keefe, I mean, he's they've threatened, California's threatened to sue this guy on, on occasion for, you know, rolling back the reality of what the abortion industry was doing in America. And and they tried to uh, deplatform and uh, shut this guy down. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, but here's the big thing, right? So this is where I think about social media. It's become a platform for people for business, right? Because now you can talk to many instead of talking to one. It's been an opportunity to learn about a whole lot of things. And now they're going to try to take it away based upon your belief system. Exactly. And, and, and So from a capitalistic perspective. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It is truly right? phenomenal. That's what they're doing. They just cut your beliefs and then they just they cater to their market. So. Yeah. You know, blue-haired whales are going to be showing up on there left and right, and they're going to have their own little business platform they can work off of. So why wouldn't conservatives build the same damn thing? Why wouldn't we have our own platform? This is where you talk about Republicans fighting back. Why wouldn't you find a whole bunch of 100 millionaires, build a server farm, and then all of a sudden host the parlors? Maybe you host a, a, a network called the Patriot Network or something along these lines, and you have a vetting process, right? I think, th- I mean, I think the, that's, like, what, that's, that's But, what I mean, all it does is cause division. I, That's really what's happening right now. That is ultimately what happens. But when you do a deal with the devil, who always wins? Devil. Always. You can't give an inch. Unfortunately, no. I hate to say We just gave them six t- inches. This is not the time of, of uh, Tip O'Neill when they would actually it six work together. Dip. Got it. Great segue. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, guys, it's awesome. Well, I do the best I can. So you guys, you guys agree that eventually we're going to lose this war. I don't agree with that. I'll never give. I'll never well, give up. Well, I wouldn't be in here right now talking to your lousy ass if I thought that was the case. Well, I'm just saying that naturally, don't, don't you think history shows that eventually it takes a lot to be a conservative? It takes a lot. Yeah, you, you have to have discipline. You have no, to have. No, it's not. It's not to be a conservative. It's, it's to be people that love freedom, and I think that's I know, a differentiation that we have to but make. But it's easier to be a liberal. I. Why should of I? Of course, have, it's easy to be. Why a liberal. do I have to? Why do I have to be a conservative and deal with all these, you know, attacks? I, I agree that's with you. And you key, need to be close to the mic. That's the key word. Like, easy. Closer to the mic. Right. It's if, easy if, to be a liberal. That's right. It means, if, and if it was easy, look at Hollywood. 
everybody, it seems like, would be doing it, and that's what they're doing. But you know what? In the end, right, those people, if you look at them as a whole, not all of them, obviously, little or no work ethic, they really do. They just want to be left alone. They want to sit in, in their, their, you know, hiring, hiring, sit, sit in and watch, play their video games, smoke their weed, dress like a Furby, and let all me this take other care stuff, whatever. Let me take care of their me- medical and dental. Yeah, but in exchange for that, and their idea is that if I'm not getting involved, I'm not bothering people, I want you to take care of me. Yeah. Give me everything that I can. This level of, of, of apathy with these people, it only lasts for so long. Okay, it happened in Europe before everybody decided to move over here. They got beaten down so far, just what I was talking about earlier. It's going to take some suffrage on our part, but we have to be steadfast because it will eventually wear itself out. So I was thinking about this because, Jeff, you, you mentioned it earlier. Today I was talking with a guy. He's, a, he's still driving around with his Trump flag on the back of his truck because that's how much he believes in the movement of it. And we were talking, and he said, you know, here's what happened. The, you had the moderates, right? People who make up the bulk of this country that they want to love freedom. They want to be able to run business, make a profit, take care of their families, go on vacations, spend their money however they want to spend it, and not really rub elbows with anybody else. And what happened was you took them all, you threw them into a big pot, and you put fire underneath them all. That's what the liberals just did to us, right? Because they didn't want to believe in liberal ideology. They didn't want to believe in extreme conservatism, right? They just wanted the middle of the road, I do me, you do you, we call it a day, right? Right. And now you put fire on them with the Democratic agenda. What are they going to do? Right? When you start taking away their freedom for work, you start limiting them by doing these, you know, you can't get on a plane because you don't have a vaccine. You can't do this because this. You can't do this anymore when they wanted freedom. But Right? Seriously, though, listen, guy, like that's, what, that's what's happening is you're going to have, that's what the suffrage is going to come from. The middle class who makes up this country is pissed. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're seeing. They're not pissed enough. They're not pissed not, enough. Not enough yet. And I, that's the problem. That's why I think we have Biden coming in, because they're not mad enough. Right? But if you, I think China is kind of like the canary in the coal mine and all this. And if you look at what's going on in China right now, it's, it's quite astounding. They, uh, again, it's very Orwellian, because in Orwell's 1984, they had these TV sets that that you not only watched them, but they watched you. They heard and they recorded everything you did. Every keystroke that you made on the computer, it was recorded. And China is doing this exact same thing, and they've ramped it up to a new level where they've come up with a social rating where you get a social rating depending on how simpatico you are with the, the party, party line. And based on that, you get uh, favoritism when it comes to travel, where you can go. You get uh, favoritism when it comes to banking, when it comes to housing, when it comes to food, when it comes to medical. I, I think that we're headed that way very, very quickly, particularly in the last five days. I think it's accelerated at warp speed. But that's just me. The problem is once you get to that point, there's no way you're going to go back. There's, no, there's not enough people that is going to wake up and say, no, I don't like this. I'm going to go back to the... You know, being more conservative. I think... But, Cato, that's why we're doing this show. And I know that we're ultimately not going to have a million people listen to us, but I'm really hoping that a movement starts in America sooner than later because according... And I agree with what you're saying. At some point, we're going to wake up and they're going to have their boots on our neck. And that's exactly what happened to O'Brien in well, uh, 1984. All right, so I'm going to... I'm gonna 
venture off here real quick just to let you know what, what I do to try and contribute to change all this. Just like the liberals did it 30 years ago, we got to start now. It's with our kids and those other kids. I challenge everyone that once they're through with their career, go get a teaching certificate and let's infiltrate back to the schools. Now, I had an experience last night that Claudia will tell you I almost jumped out of my chair. I'm at a, I'm at a, uh, a gentleman's house over in a very, 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 I wouldn't say nice neighborhood in Dallas. Guy's a landscaper, works his butt off. He's got the nicest house on the block. He forgets about the meeting. We're there. His wife is there. His two kids are there. And it's very awkward talking to these people about investments, right? Because he's not there yet. And so, but the kids were very open. I mean, they were they were listening to every word that I had to say. And we were talking about saving money and how to be financially independent at their age. You know, you're, you're 18 years old. If you put $50 a month aside and never put a dollar more, based on a decent return, you have a little bit over a million dollars tax-free when you retire. Well, that caught their attention. So now we were engaging in conversation. And we were going back and forth. And I looked at the girl. She's 16, man. She's 16, Hispanic female. English is not the dominant language in the household. And I said, you know what? I said, they teach you guys the Pythagorean theory. They teach you about photosynthesis. And in some of these schools, they teach you how to put a condom on a cucumber. I said, why don't you think they teach you that in school? And God is my witness, she said, because they want us to be dependent on the government. Bingo. Oh, God, dude, I almost cried. I looked at Claudia and I said, did you hear that? Jeff. It was amazing. I, I think I think you really have knocked it out of the park with that comment. I'll tell you why. Uh, Cato in particular, the two of us have been battling school board here. And what we do is we are willing to s suffer the slings and arrows of uh, our local liberals discontent and we go up and what we're insisting at the school level is that they go back to the traditional things that really mean things in other words math reading writing arithmetic and get away from diversity training get away from cultural competency get away from a lot of that stuff let me as the parent handle the cultural competency of my freaking kids I don't need the school to do that. I don't need the school to hire three or four people to be diversity training um, people. And I think it really goes back to the fact that in our schools, we are no longer teaching them about what made America great. And, and sure, this was a flawed, flawed uh, country in the beginning. But who in the world has done more to rectify the problems that we had? Even Thomas Jefferson knew at the time being a slave owner that what he was doing was wrong and that it could not continue. I mean, he even mentioned that. But what do we do? We come up with stupid bullshit like the 1619 Project that's been pushed by, by the New York Times and make it look like, you know, this country is based on slavery, on the backs of slavery and nothing else. No, this country is based on some basic fundamental rights that we as human beings, we have natural rights that are endowed to us by the Creator. And and I and the schools that are not teaching that, you, we're reaping the benefits of it now because they'll stand up. Uh, the one girl where I almost was in tears when I was talking before the school board, I got so furious. You know, this woman who came here from Mexico, 
All right. She's jumping up and down on an American flag with a big ass smile on her face. Who the fuck is she? My best friend in the Marine Corps died in a helicopter crash of uh, the South China Sea years, years ago. You know, he gave the ultimate sacrifice. No other country has given more sacrifice to keep freedom, let freedom reign throughout Europe, through, through Western Europe. I mean, um, Asia, all over the world. They benefit greatly from us. And for these people to not be talking about the greatness of America, I find it morally repugnant. So, Jeff, wow. hats to you, because that is where the change is. It's probably not going to be your and my generation. It's going to have to be our kids. And we're going to have to get involved at the school level. We're going to have to get elected to school board, city council, and we're going to have to be on committees. And, and I know that we're all out capitalists making a living for ourselves. But at some point, we got to quit turning over the education of our kids to far leftists. Well, remember, well, I didn't mention this, so I won't say remember. These are Mexican immigrants that came here. She she should be the blueprint of the liberal Democrat Party turning her into a victim. All right? Now, you guys that know Claudia, Great same moment. thing. Good she moment. refuses to be a victim. Yeah. She is an ardent patriot. She loves being an American. But what I'm the call to arms is we all have professional talents that we delve into. Reach out to a teacher that will let you come into your class, their classroom and talk about your like job. That. And what you do when you talk about your job, you get to mention how you got there. See, when I talked, I used to go to at-risk schools. So you got the kids that work half a day and go to school half a day. None of these kids really come from what I would call socioeconomic high standards. They're working for a reason usually to help the family out. And you've got some kids sitting in the back. They're like, oh, my God, here's this guy with a suit trying to tell me about this and that. And when I put that calculator up there and I let them fill in the numbers and I show that 18-year-old how 50 bucks can grow to a million four, a million five, tax-free, all of a sudden the kid that was in the back, all of a sudden he's on the edge of his chair and he's like, I can do that. And all of a sudden, you just bred life into these kids who really don't know what they're going to do with their lives going forward because they can't afford to go to college. No one's talked to them about going to a trade school. So what I impress upon them is personal financial responsibility while you're young. Be that first person in your family to be wealthy. I, but everybody, you can do it, man. Kids love flight. So let me tell you. You can do it. And you just, you just I mean, I sat there in this this classroom and we talked about welfare we talked about social security and we talked about how nobody's going anywhere and back in the day before trump came around i actually was so fortunate enough in temple texas in front of a bunch of minority kids to call barack obama the slave master good for you all right yeah. and the teacher is in the back going, oh my god i can't believe you said that well she said but it's true, true. And every time I go to one of those classrooms, every single time, a principal, a vice principal, counselor, or teacher comes up to me and says, my God, I wish somebody would have had this conversation with me when I was in high school. So what you're doing right now is call to action. And, yes. and, and I want to put that out to everybody. I spent two years working with YouthWorks in Louisville, Kentucky. I just come off a horrible divorce, and I was trying to find my mojo. I was trying to figure out what my path in life was. And I just, through my church, I got hooked up 
I'm not the biggest church guy in the world. I'll be the honest one. I, I'm a big ass sinner. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. Me too. All right. Are we all? I'll be the first to admit it. But I will tell you, I got involved with YouthWorks, and I was helping young, mostly black kids that were in problem. They'd never seen their dad. Dad had been in prison or dead for their entire impressionable life. And I was able to make, I, I felt like if I just caused a small course correction in, in, in their universe, it, it felt meaningful to me. So, you know, you know, my call to action to the people that are listening here, what are you doing? What are you doing in your school? What are you doing in your uh, environment, your social uh, environment where you live? I mean, are you just simply drinking, smoking cigars? Or are you out getting involved trying to do Because I can assure you the liberals are out there. They're impregnating themselves into the process. And what they're trying to do is change hearts and minds. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're giving them false hope. They're giving them a belief, a love affair with the government. And what they're trying to say is, fall in love with me. I will take care of it. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is we're going to guarantee all you guys start the race at the same time. We're going to guarantee everybody finishes the race at the and, same time. And that's the time. beauty about the message. If we go in there with our message, the message is not only, oh, it's not your fault. The message is, it is your fault. Because when I leave that day, I say, you know what? I don't care if you listened to me, if you did or if you didn't. Whether you're sitting in a prison cell 10 years from now, or you hit the high road and you become successful, be forewarned. You were warned. I told you how to do this. Mm -hmm. I told you how to do it. Yeah. And, man, the, the kids are just so nice about it. But, yeah, it is a call to action. And I think that's what we ought to all do. We all take our professional experiences and infiltrate these people. Well, what, what we've talked about is what's called classically uh, a Faustian deal. And a Faustian deal translated basically as a deal with the devil. And people need to realize that when they give up freedom for short-term gain and gratification, they are giving up a part of their soul. They're giving up a part of their heart. And, and they'll never get that back. If you look at the people in Cuba, and I have some great friends that live in Cuba, in 1961, they were promised by Fidel Castro that all you have to do is follow me. I'm a great capitalist. I will take care of you. I'll bring you out of the trenches, and I'll let your voices be heard. But what did he do? do within a year? He had killed Sinfuego and Che Guevara. He murdered those guys. He straight up killed them. And, and within about a year and a half, he went from being a great capitalist to a phenomenal socialist and communist. And, and, and Cuba has suffered immensely. And anybody that's listening to this that thinks that there's any greatness whatsoever in communism or totalitarianism, get on that 30-minute plane ride from Miami and go down to Havana. That clock stopped in 1961 in Havana. It stopped. They're driving around cars. They're called Franken cars because they've got so many different parts bringing them together. Chevy Bel Airs. Yeah, Chevy. Bel I got to step outside, and make a phone call. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. So let me give that to a wild man over here. Let him have that. This one, the other wild man, the smaller wild man. So, Joey, how you doing over there, man? I'm doing fine. Yeah. I mean, so I think I, I really think about this all the do? time, right? So, this Joey, is, what do we do? I mean, well, we no, this, I think that, that was probably it? Jeff just made one of the greatest points I think I've ever heard in my entire life. I think for too long, what has happened is that we have surrendered our kids to the school system. Ah, absolutely. To go work, right? But also, you know, I think you know Elon Musk made a really phenomenal point this last week on his mm. lovely Twitter feed when he said, "We have too many MBAs and not enough creativity." 
And I think what has happened is that we've become too dependent upon this idea that we have to have this massive education in order to make a lot of money. When I know a lot of people who don't even have a college degree and they're millionaires. If that's your motivation, right? Totally fine. But I think that in the schools, there's this pressure on these kids to become this, you know, this, you know, like you just said, they want to have, you know, social justice warriors. You know, we need to be conscious of a world economy. We need to be focused on all these things about these people that doesn't necessarily line up with the idea of what real life looks like, right? Because I'm a business owner and I've gone bankrupt. I know what it feels like. I've done that. Most of these people just roll over dead. They would call it a day and they would want, you know, like he said, the slave driver Obama to give them their $2,000 a month so they can smoke pot, jack off to some cheap porn and hang out at the house, right? All day long. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a perfect example of it. You tell me why uh, an airline pilot, why, why did I need four years of college to become an airline pilot? You don't. don't why did I need it. four years to become a chiropractor? It makes no sense. Half my classes were full of crap. It's just jargon that's fed into the institution. And we call it the chiropractic cartel because it's controlled by two institutions. Licensing. Licensing board, right? And the licensing board gives you four parts to your board. You don't need to know half the shit that I know in my head. I don't even know why I need to know these things, right? There are so many important things that we don't need, right, from that standpoint. It's a joke. Bureaucracy has so impregnated itself into the system you can. How do you extricate yourself from those requirements for these boards and these certifications? Well, that's my question, right? The same thing as medicine, right? We've sat there and surrendered. Or we've created science as God, as Cato likes to say, right? And as a result, what's real anymore, right? The double-blind controlled study is bullshit, in my opinion, because you're different than me. I'm different than Cato. Cato's different than Jeff. There's no rule to my blood pressure compared to your blood pressure. That does, there is no standard. There should not be a 120 over 80 because your life experience is different than somebody else's experience. Right. Right. That's the same thing as talking about history, right? It's the, it goes into this, this conversation really is about what does life look like for you with your goals? What are your aspirations? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to get towards, right? Those are things that I question on when we, when we talk about school systems because everything is standard. How well do you do on the standardized test? How well do you do on the TOS test? When I was in school, it was TOS. I don't know what STAR now. I don't know what the hell it's called. But give the kid a financial book and say, I want you to balance the checkbook. Tell me how much money you have at the end of the day and how much can you invest. They'll, they'll sit around with their thumb up their ass because they won't know what's going on, right? I mean, like that's the problem that we run into. That's what we watch. Let's go back to Jeff's idea. I believe that financial independence will set you free. And a lot of minorities whether it's Hispanics or blacks, they have no clue whether to, be, whether to be financially independent. And you, with your knowledge, and he talked about this, compound interest. Einstein this, says the third wonder of the world was compound interest. Yeah. Actually, the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, well, yeah. I, Just compound uh, interest alone will set you free. We never correct the host. It was the first free. interest I'm of the world. We can't hear what he's saying, so... It's you okay. Guys are just gonna have to just hold it in your hand when you want to talk. Just hand it. It's all right, but so that's the beautiful thing, right? I think that's huge. But I think also compounding interest. Let's talk about health. We have a strapped healthcare system. Fifty percent of Americans have chronic disease. Two point six comorbidities for half of America. Why aren't these kids taught to eat a vegetable? Right? Why aren't the same they taught? Same reason that that young lady yesterday said. Because they want us to have to depend on the government. Government, exactly. right? It's, so, it's CD. I know it sounds crazy. But it is CD, right? So why is the McDonald's shut down during the shutdown? 
Why are we feeding people a disease? Why did the gym shut down, brother? Why did the gym shut down? Why are you taking a population that's already sick, fat, nearly dead, and then you cut down all the avenues for stress alleviation, stress reduction, nutrition, they cut down all these things that allow us to get rid of all this this pent-up anger that we have because of the fucking situation they put us in. they want to make us reliant on them. I don't want to rely on the fucking government. I want to make my own damn money. But we already know that, what, 80 million Americans do want it. That's how many voted for freaking Joe Biden. 80 million did not vote for him. I don't know how many voted. 53 million, maybe less. Uh, It was a lot. It was enough to win the election. It was not enough. It's all fake. It's all a load of bullshit. We'll talk about that in another show. Look, he's right on. It's it's not it's not ironic that this young lady that I spoke to last night and her parents, these like I said, these are Mexican nationals. My wife, Claudia, Mexican national, works her ass off. Of course she does. Living the dream. No one's teaching them how to live the dream. They're telling them to say, you know what? And by the way, who the fuck said you had to go to college to make it in this world? That's what we just said when you were out of the room. I just brought that up. I said that you don't need to go to college to make this. And so you show me a minority that is financially independent, and I'll I'll show you a Republican. Okay, hundred percent. Well, not a hundred percent. I would say, but I mean, close to ninety. Yeah, well, it it and, and what's what kills me, and I asked a guy at the gym one day. This is back down in Temple. You work out? Yeah. Do you do biceps? No, because I don't want to. I don't want to impress the girls. I do pull up. I do pull ups. This, this guy, what, what was? How much were you dead weight in the other day? What you you were doing like some crazy crap in the gym? How no, many I don't. I don't do a lot of weight anymore. I gave that all up. What yeah, you used to do? Just to stay in For shape. What? I don't know. What lift? Which one do you want to talk about? Go ahead. So anyway, <laughs> the point that I had with this gentleman, he's a black guy. He's from Arkansas. He was a college athlete. I, I played football at LSU, so I've got a, a, a deep understanding of, of a lot of the athletes and how it works. And one day, it was when the election was coming up, when Trump first got elected, I said, uh, hey, man, I got a question for you. I said, I don't want to offend you, but you and I become friends enough here at the gym. I really, really need your insight because I am confused. I said, why is it that when a black man or a black woman goes through elementary school, minds their own business, doesn't get in trouble, makes decent grades, doesn't have to make great grades, then they go through middle school and high school, does the same thing. Maybe they go to college, maybe they don't. Maybe they go to work for one of these municipalities that'll double your retirement income when you retire. Not bad, by the way. Why is it when they do that and they go through and they have a family and they're successful and they live in a nice home, why do you guys always call them Uncle Tom's or House mm? Why do y'all do that? Seriously, you know what his response was? Well, we're just programmed to do that. I said, dude, don't you realize that Slavery. They're making you look bad, and that's the why. That's the reason you do it. With Nate Newton, played for the Cowboys, gets caught smuggling weed of all places and all things. He's making millions of dollars, and he said, "Well, I just want to be. I want to be friends with my friends from from the hood." He wants to still be one of the guys. He just you guys stop at nothing to drag them back down to your pathetic lives. And then when they don't do it, they buck the system, they become successful, you talk trash about them. I think that's a cycle that's got to stop. I agree with you. on that. 100%.
that's you know one of my good friends played football for the Cowboys, and I ask him all the time. You know, he says it's really interesting to me to watch these the the guys after his generation is when they started having the funny money the the pro athletes because his generation you know average salary was seven hundred fifty thousand to a million which is an incredible living like sure. let's be real on that like if you're taking home a million a year you have a crazy good life especially yeah, in right? the state of Texas especially in Texas yeah. right and so he's talking through this thing because these guys are into ten twenty thirty million dollar contracts right and he goes and all of them vote Democrat they all vote Biden they all you know they do all these things and he always asks them why do you all do this. You just had this opportunity presented to you to where you make all this insane amount of money. You have you have generationally transformed your family, and they're all they all say the same answer because I want to fit in with my with my bros, right? I was on an airplane the other day. Who, by the way, doesn't give a shit about? They don't you give a now. shit about you. No, no, no they just want to. Now you become the government for them. Yeah. Because now they want you to come in and give them your money that yeah. you earned for playing a sport where you sacrificed your brain health, your body health, and by the time you're 55, you're going to be sitting there, you know, shivering like, you know, like the old guys did. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the guy who's the who's the old cowboy that can't even you know mumble three sentences together. That There's played, a bunch of them. Yeah, you, I mean, like seriously, right? Those guys get paid the big bucks because they're going to die early. We all know this. What is the city right next to Berkeley in? Um Across the bay from San Francisco. Is it Berkeley? Faggotville? Suck a dick. What's it called? Which one is it? Same thing, sorry. I dropped my pants. I can't remember. I no. dropped my wallet. It's not San Francisco. It's across the bay. San Jose. Oakland. No, that's Oakland. Not. Oakland. So oh, I, I was talking to, our, I was listening to some black guys that got off the airplane, and these guys were dressed out in full gang regalia, and they had some shirt on. Uh, this blood or crypt. I don't know. I don't give a shit about that stuff. And they were commenting. They go, oh, you're OG. You're awesome. They elevated these guys, not done a fucking thing in their life except for joining a gang. And they kill people and they do whatever they do that's not conducive to a good society. And yet they saw these people as somehow or another heroes as if they had done something meaningful. That makes no sense to me. I don't get it. So we have a Vietnamese. Yes. So it's we a have, popular place. We yeah. have a Vietnamese guy in here. Deal right? a lot of business in here. My practice, I have Cubans, I have Mexicans, I have El Salvadorians, and they're all self-made people, right? They all created their own business. Why, whatever our race is, it doesn't matter what your race is. What's unique about all of them is they're self-made. That's what but, I've seen about look, this. I, I want to see black people be successful. I, I love no- it. I love it, dude. It I makes me excited. Love it. I, I What's wrong see, with it? I want to see Mexicans. What's wrong with being successful? I want to see Victor Avila's of the world. I want to see. Why more have of those we criminalized guys. success? That's my question, we right? They no, have. no, they but have. no, but we have to an extent. But I, I think we it, don't talk about money, right? There's a lot of people on the white side of things. So if we talk about race classes here, what are the big white schools talking about right now? Racial equality. We need to talk about racial separation. All these things. They don't talk. They don't talk about any other problems that they're all going to face, right? My buddy calls it the snowplow generation. What he says is these parents come in and they've done so well financially, they snowplow every obstacle out of the way of these kids in school. So now they get indoctrinated into socialism because the parents are paying for everything for these kids. They pay for cars. They pay for college. They buy their first house. They pay 30 grand for a wedding. They pay for their honeymoon. They pay for their kids. They pay for all this shit. And the kid never has to face hardship ever, ever. But on their own. They never have to face it. And so what do they do? They feel sorry for the other people who have hardship. And as a result, they now want to come into this idea of, oh, we need to talk about racial equality. Yeah. We're terrible. We're awful people. 
born Sark. But you, you made a, a really interesting point, though, about hardship. I, I think that that is a lot of the problem is because so many in this country have never faced hardship. They don't have a freaking clue what they hardship don't. is. That's but let me exactly ask you right. this. Liberals that do Closer have money. Closer to the mic. And then but liberals that do have money, where do they move to? Our neighborhood. Here. South Lake. That's the problem, see? They move to a nice neighborhood, and then they claim that they believe in this systemic racism, and they, they back it up. They actually support. Nathan, you, you got to put the mic, like, right on your lips. Fill it. Fill okay, it. Can Go you ahead. hear me now? Hey, like you, you, just like keep it right on your lips. It. Yeah, but that's why I hate this thing. Much better. Keep it right on your lips. That's why you're so nervous. You're soft-spoken. You're, you're, I, I, I can hear the audio. Don't be offended, dude. You just no, got to no, put your lips no, no. on the hey, freaking microphone. That's a big black one. Have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> Douchebag. Edit. So I, I think, Jeff, you have a very good solution to this. It's how to make kids be financially independent. Yep. I think that's the, that's the path to freedom, especially minorities. Yep. Absolutely, Nathan. I've got three kids that I mentor from the Temple College system. They all three just happen to be black. Uh, two of them. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing. Why do we gotta keep racing this? You got three kids you mentor. That's exactly. a, that's beautiful. Why do we have to qualify them? You don't even have to qualify them. Well, damn it. but here's the thing: where I, my office was was in the Temple College Foundation Building, where my office was temporarily. I'm not there anymore. And the lady that ran the Temple College Foundation was a white woman who was just a hardcore left-wing. She wouldn't even hire white kids. And if she did, it'd be one kid, one white kid for every hundred minorities that she hired. And I get what she was doing. But in the process, she alienated these kids, all right? She now, created division. She did. Now, she had one young man who was, who was a black kid who was sexually harassing the, some of the girls. And instead of addressing it, she protected him, and she ended up losing all of her grants because it all got discovered. So anyway, through all this stuff, those kids would stop into my office and say, what do you do for a living? Right? And I've got one girl, I won't mention her name. I call her Ghetto Rat. That's her nickname. When she first came into my office, she dressed like a thug, the only words she knew was F and MF. Like she joy. was rough, rough, okay? And she walked into my office one day. She said, what the F do you do? And I said, well, first of all, <laughs> don't talk like that in my office. And you'll call me Mr. Jeff or Mr. Kaufman. And that's where it started. Yeah. That was five years ago. Here she is now. She opened up a, a Roth IRA puts her $50 a month in there. I mean, just never misses it. Is a staunch Trump supporter. Has converted her mom and her two brothers, not her sister yet, and three other of her friends. Now, let me tell you something. That's power right there because she opened their eyes. She said, quote, uh-uh, we ain't voting Democrat no more. They've been lying to us mm, for 50 years. I'm not doing it anymore. And here she is. She's got almost ten grand saved up. She's got more money in savings than anybody in her family's ever had. And she's converting all of these people. So you're right. They understand money. They understand what it's like not to have it. 
The problem that they have is they don't understand how to accumulate it. They think you go to the NFL or the NBA or, or you win it or you marry it or you inherit it. Well, if you don't get all those things in your life, what's your backup plan? And once they realize how easy it is to do it at such a young age, they're very convertible. And it's awesome. I think everybody's convertible in that. Sure. I mean, any, any human being in that standpoint, right? You take any person, regardless of race, religion, or creed, and you teach them these principles, they pass. They pass on. They teach them how to do this. But what's the biggest, the biggest dagger to the Democratic Party is teaching people to be financially independent. Oh yeah, Dude, they, I think it goes back they want to the, them whole on the thing. plantation. They want them. When I say them, I mean everybody. They but want them on the plantation. Okay, so but let's talk about it, right? So this but, just has to full circle to right back to what's going on present day. Antifa is nothing but a bunch of white thugs that are trying to make us feel bad about race. But it's even worse. Let me tell you about Antifa. I I know quite a bit about these guys, and they're managers of conflict. And let me tell you what I mean by managers of conflict. Let me, Jeff. Hand the mic over to, to Nate so you can have a swing at this. Uh, I, I see Antifa as a manager. I, I see them as plantation managers. I, I have been to these uh, BLM meetings. And you know what I find at these BLM meetings are the Antifa guys. I've photographed them and I've videoed them and I've walked up to them and I've talked to them. And they're sitting here bu- busy, you know, sending out texts. They're on the periphery of these meetings. Uh, all these BLM meetings, and they're the ones that are in, in, um, antagon- antagonizing what's going on. They're too smart to get involved, to have their faces videoed as they destroy a cop car or go into a CVS. They're not going to do that, but they're going to whip up the crowd. They're going to get them to go inside, and and minorities need to realize that they are they are being uh, chastened. They're being um, directed by these punks to go in and do their dirty deeds for them. And they need to stop it. They need to realize that that they're just simply being slaves in the colloquialist sense of it to to what these white people, these far-left liberals want to do. That's what they're trying to do. And do you really want to be part of that? They're using you. And it doesn't take a lot of intellect to figure that out. Well, it does. <laughs> you, have, you have to understand that. Just take it off and hold it up by yeah, your mouth. Minorities, if you actually tell them that they're victims and that you feel sorry for them, what's the reaction? The reaction is that, that, yes, you feed off of that. And the problem is that the media is doing it. The schools are doing it. The universities are doing it. So I think you have a solution right there is to make these people financially independent. Once they're financially independent and then with compound interest, how to work money, if they can earn money through themselves, they will be independent and they will realize that they are free. Well, you can repeat what I'm saying since I'm on the microphone. So let me just say this while we're transferring the mic. We had a mic failure. That's why we're going to swap it around. I apologize to the listeners. But, you know, one of the things that, that differentiates me as a parent. I'm an older parent. We had kids late in life, but I tell my kids all the time, I said, I have a crystal ball. And I can tell you where you're going to be in 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, that's what I can do. And what I told my kids, Jeff, is that if they have $10,000 in the bank when they leave high school, they'll be millionaires when they retire. If they put another penny in, just compounding, just a simple standardized investment off of, you know, you know like VTI or something like that. 
invest in that, invest in the global market. And by the time you're 65 years old, you'll be a, just a single millionaire if you never put another penny in it. But if you simply take 10%, and this is what my, my Hebrew Jewish friends, they got this down cold. They know this, and this is where I got it. But if you simply think of, think of life as the Titanic, when the Titanic left, left England headed for America, had they have only made a one-third of a degree course correction immediately, they never would have hit an iceberg. But when you wait till you get upon that iceberg, you have to make a 90-degree course correction to make it. Is it not easier to have made that course correction way back when you were in England before you ever left the harbor? True. Is it not? Yeah. So what I tell my kids is leave high school. And when I tell you, when you make money, earned income will put money into your Roth IRA. It's got to be earned income on their part, babysitting money, mowing yards, whatever. Give me $6,000. I'll turn that into $10,000 by the time you leave high school. And through the multiplying effect of the beauty, the Einsteinian idea of compounding interest, you'll be a single millionaire by the time you're 65 years old. Well, Th that's the gift I give my kids. Absolutely. But it's a gift you can give to every kid that's out there. So, I, so here's the. But how do I see? I, how do I make that avail that idea available to to the general public? Because they all want to scream, go around screaming about how bad the white guy is and how they're put down and how, how they, you know, they're the result of that's whiteness your in challenge. the community. You got to find. I found my medium. I, I found I found out how I get in the door. And we're talking about people, they say, well, you know, you do this, you're successful, you, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, what do you do for your, what do you do for your community? Well, I, I coached soccer and did 4-H and all that other stuff right. when I was growing up with my kids. But my thing that I do with these young people, if I could get one female who is in that cycle of being pregnant at 15, four kids by 23, and being on welfare, subsidies, Obama phones for the rest of her life, for that one girl, how much did I save my community? Got A couple it. million dollars? Yeah, absolutely. At least. Absolutely. Right? What I want to see, I want to see a bunch of liberal lawyers who say they really care about these young minority girls to raise three or four hundred million dollars Not in a and start years. going into these Never. inner cities and saying, look, 17 year old young lady at risk. I give you twenty thousand dollars to get your tubes tied right now. That's more money than they've ever seen. Yeah. What they do with it is their business. You can't reverse it. The Catholics would have a shit fit over it. But this came from a liberal, liberal lawyer friend of mine trying about dealing about teen pregnancy and trying to break those cycles. There's a lot of different ideas out there. I just threw that one out there. It had nothing to do with what I'm, what I'm doing. Sure. But if you can just break one, two, three in my case, I've saved my community millions of dollars long term. So my goal is to get thousands of them over time. I got to go. So, Jeff, do you have a, like a, an organization? or? Yeah, it's called Jeffrey, 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 Jeffrey. Okay. No, I mean – <laughs> Anytime, anytime I can find a school or I can find a, a, a place, I actually had a, I met this guy at a, at a gym in Temple. He was a black minister. He said, hey, man, I'm having a revival in Waco. And I thought, oh, my God, a revival. Because he asked me what I did for a living, and I told him. And he said, he asked me, what do, you, what do you do for Christ? And I'm like, well, 
had to reach for that for a second. I'd say, I don't know if it's about for Christ, but it is for my community. And I explained what I did. This guy just sat there. He goes, man, we'll pay your gas money. We'll buy you lunch. We'll take you out to dinner. I got some young kids that need to talk to you. And I went down to I went up to Waco and spent the afternoon, paid for my own gas, paid for my own water burger, right? And sat down and talked to about 45 kids. And I don't know what's happened to them. You never know. Now, in Temple, where I was living at one time, man, I can't tell you how cool it is to be at a grocery store and see some kid who's working there. And he's been three years into it. He's like, Mr. Jeff, do you remember me? I said, yeah. He said, man, I've been putting money in my 401k plan. I got $3,000, which to them is more money than they've ever had. But you see that spark, man. And that's all you got to do is get the spark and get the fire going. And you got something. So the founder of chiropractic is a guy named BJ Palmer. And he's quoted for a statement that says, you never know how far reaching the actions you think say are due today can affect the lives of millions tomorrow. That was one of his quotes, and that's what I think of when you say that. It took one. And what is the the pool, the ripple effect of that, right? One turns to four, four turns to 16, compounding interest, but now you're using human life to do it instead of using money. It's the same principle. It's just start with one. I think that we should all celebrate the fact that Twitter and Facebook lost $51 billion in the last three days. That's not enough. More's coming. Uh, And we should talk about this next time. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Cody. You bet. We're going to wrap this up. This is the end of this uh, episode of Annus Mirabilis. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bye.